welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome back to the Digital Broker Podcast. This is Ryan Deeds, and this is the podcast where we talk about agency operations and trying to make agencies better. <clears throat> I appreciate you guys listening in. Thank you to Indio for sponsoring the podcast and sending out education to agents everywhere, trying to help us get better together. Indio is a form-based technology that allows you to send out stuff to your client and get all the, collect all the data that you need to in one space, and then it pre-fills a bunch of stuff. Today, I'm lucky I've got Brad Rubin with Archway with me today, and we're going to be talking about some of the common issues that are found in insurance agencies. Archway is a, I don't know, Brad, good morning. Thank you for being with me. How would you describe Archway? Uh, we're an IT support and services company. Uh, we do management system consulting. I like to joke, we have no normal clients. We're all, we only work with independent insurance agencies. And as you know, Ryan, um, as I do after working in this industry for 33 years, insurance technology is not normal. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think that I think it's accelerating so much too. I mean, as you're kind of on the forefront. So, for the most part, agencies use you guys when they aren't large enough to typically justify an IT department, or are larger agencies leveraging you guys to bolster some of their stuff so they can focus on more business aspects of it? Because there's such a large transition in IT that I see today. Yeah, I would say uh, it used to be that we would only work with what I would call tweener agencies in between, where they were too big to fail, but too small to afford, let's say, a Ryan Deeds. Um, I'm right. not sure how many agencies out there can afford uh, Ryan Deeds. But, <laughs> but the, the point is, is that was kind of our market, right? And, um, you know, I would say like five to 80 person agencies, the small guys, they wanted the break fix uh, dude down the street. Um, uh, today, it's, it, it's becoming more and more what you described, uh, which is, you know, agencies that have IT guys, but they want them to be sort of um, focused on issues that much more important, bigger than, uh, Molly can't print and um, uh, Bill can't get into his email. And so we're providing sort of backup help desk support so that their IT people can work on bigger, better things that are revenue producing. So then, I mean, you're, you're pretty much front lines dealing with uh, issues that are stopping work from happening and stopping employees from being as productive as possible. You know, as, as you line that up, are there agencies that are better at dealing with those kind of problems? And have you seen the optimal setup for agencies? I mean, because we're really talking about help desk structure, right? And uh, how, how to remedy and it's funny to me because I think a lot of people think, oh, a help desk, it's, it's, it's low hanging, it's, it's low importance. But to me, actually, a help desk is a critically important aspect because it stops workage. You know, it stops the users from working and it creates a lot of frustration. And if we can't resolve those rapidly, then it eats away at the integrity of the IT department holistically, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree. So, uh, help desk, uh, I didn't mean to diminish uh, the importance of help desk, right? 
Uh, it, but I just see sometimes IT guys that are really deep inside the organization, they can do things that uh, us as an IT organization can't do in terms of knowing where the business is going and being sort of revenue producing. But the help desk is critically uh, important. And if you have, you can get IT or your users to go down sort of two alleys. Uh, one is that they don't want to call the IT people because they'll just be sent in some sort of loop. And we see that with a lot of uh, agencies that are using sort of normal IT companies that don't have an experience with insurance technology. Um, and then we also see people that will just solve it themselves, that'll put a little patch on things, but they're not really fixing the underlying issue. So yeah. you guys deal with agency management system stuff. I mean, <clears throat> how do you determine if, if an agency is leveraging its agency management system effectively? I mean, do you guys have indications of that? Do you guys help from, you know, with workflow stuff? Or is it really, hey, this thing is broken, we're going to submit a ticket to the agency management system? Or do you guys going kind to of do a wide gamut of, of different services? Well, we'll do a wide gamut. I mean, but you'd be surprised with some agencies, we'll go in and we'll find out they're not using the accounting in AMS 360 as they're using QuickBooks. So we try to point out, you know, some of the pitfalls of using, the, you're paying a lot of money for that agency management system. And uh, you're, you're not using all, it, it, even 10% of its capabilities. Cool. But we'll, we'll usually not get into the weeds of like figuring out workflows and things like that. I, out of 33 years, I've developed a network of what I would call the best and the brightest, where they, I'll bring them in to a client where we see them not using the management system optimally. So, which I mean, because from my perspective, one of the largest things in, in, in business and then obviously in insurance agencies, because we're a business, is the lack of fully utilizing software product. And, you know, it drives me crazy because I see so many agencies sometimes wanting to flip to another software when they're not fully leveraging the software that they have at hand. Is that something that you see? Yes, absolutely. We see that the grass is always greener somewhere else, right? And I always say to my, uh, my clients, my prospects, anybody who will listen, I say, if you like a double root canal, you'll love switching agency management systems. So it's always best before you make that leap to make sure that you're getting what you should be getting, what your management system is capable of. I, I also see that you know, these management system salespeople, they're paid big bucks for a reason because they're good. And they don't start out with, here are the five things in the, your new agency management system that are going to just drive you nuts, right? They, they lead with all the features that your current management system isn't doing right. So it's always better, always better to try to get as much out of the management system as possible and there better be a darn good reason why you're switching from one system to another especially at a smaller agency that doesn't have the people that they can devote 
to getting this management system working. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that, that, that you know, as you get larger, that thing gets more complex. As you're little, it's I mean, it, it's switching switching software is hard, you know, right. and and I do think that it's kind of an endemic thing in our industry because we're not really good at looking at the reasons that technology isn't netting us the value that we think it should. So I think that's the core, right? Is we buy a solution to get value from the solution, and then. At, at the end of a year, if we haven't got the value that we think we should have, we're like, oh, well, it's got to be the solutions problem and, and we get rid of it or we start strategizing on how to get something else. And I, I just that, that's one of those things that drives me nuts. So from your perspective, top of mind insurance agency issues, what are the things that Archway probably gets called the most? You know, as I'm trying to look and help other agencies figure out, you know, if they don't have this on their, uh, on their spectrum, if they're not looking at this, then it's something that they should be in a, be aware of. I mean, what's the, what's yeah, the top I, one? I, well, I would say the top two are security and compliance. And for a smaller agency, you know, dealing with say the New York cyber reg laws that are really being transferred uh, to all 50 states such that, you know, if you do business in New York or if you have a client doing business in New York, you need to comply with those laws and they're, they're complicated, right? We've read them. We have a white paper that we're happy to, to give out, but, you know, there's an agency management system. I won't name them, but they were down. Their online product was down for five days Ryan hmm. ransomware and that's right. the th I mean from the security stamp because I mean golly the the ransomware thing kills me you know because it doesn't like we've stacked freaking uh, security products on top of stuff and it's it's almost impossible to keep out a hundred percent of phishing emails you know right. and at the click of a freaking link then now you're, you're you've opened stuff up, you know. And so, when you think security and the and what the agencies that you're working with are dealing with, what are the things that you do to help them kind of reduce some of that right. risk? So we can dive deep into the technology stack of what. Well, let's, we, we can but, keep but it high level yeah, but from no, a conceptual standpoint. Going, yeah, Ryan, I'm not going to. We can dive deep into that technology stack and we've got like seven layers of protection, but you are, I am in hundred percent agreement that even all that, all you need is one person clicking on the wrong thing. So we're really into uh, what's called SAT, SAT security uh, awareness training. And we have a, a couple key partners that we use, uh, a company uh, with an interesting history called Know Before. You may have uh, heard of them, mm -hmm. but below they have a, a minimum user. So we use uh, WebRoots uh, security awareness training if you're under 25 people, just from a, a cost point of view. With WebRoot, you kind of have to manage it yourself, meaning your IT company has to manage it where with no before you just throw it to them and they manage it. But I always say it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like being physically fit. It's probably 10% exercise, 90% diet. 
and it, it, with uh, with uh, keeping ransomware and uh, security, it's it's probably maybe forty percent security technology, and sixty percent user knowledge, training, awareness, etc. And for people not familiar with the Know Before uh, product, they basically will send out fake phishing emails. I mean, it's like fake, fake emails, right? And trying to get your people to click on them and uh, allowing you to know and help your, your users in their awareness of things. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the, the main thing that to get across is kind of a consistent messaging about vigilance for your employees, right? Like if things come in, don't just click on them. I mean, because the no before stuff and any of those phishing campaigns, I, I think some of those are good. I also think they can be overplayed to some extent. You know, the research is a little bit nebulous on the long-term advantage. I definitely think I was at a conference just a couple of days ago and we were talking about this, kicking it back and forth. And I, I definitely think it's a good training experience for the users on, you know, to, to do occasionally to keep them aware of what they should be looking for in these fake emails. Um, because I think that you have to, it almost has to be like a conversation in the, in the whole environment like hey you know watch out for emails that come and ask for an invoice or something because recently i've had a buddy of mine get hit by that and did lost some money you know and wow. he was a a good he was a good it person but it was just something that, that that he got hit on and so i think that's the main thing is is coming into it with if you're looking at security and just having an inherent understanding that there is no magic button product. It's going to be more of a cultural training and an initiative that you set out to, to help raise the awareness of your staff on the, the, the things that can open you up to those vulnerabilities. And it's not just a one and done, right? I mean, this is a kind of a consistent thing you have to do in your organization. Yeah. IT is not a one and done type thing. You know, that's why, we, when we started this company, Ryan, we didn't make, we don't accept project work only. We don't accept time and materials work because if you know that project is, it's never really done done, right? You migrate everybody to Office 365 and they love you. And then three months later, it's all broken. It's constantly being vigilant, being vigilant about the, the latest newest threat when ransomware came out i'd say it's probably like seven years ago what a, a senior tech that works for me i've been working for for 25 years he yeah working with for 25 years he said this is the scariest thing i've ever seen right and we we installed a product. oh yeah i've had i've had terrible experiences <laughs> yeah so we installed this product called crypto prevent on all of our computers we were managing it was this freeware thing with this guy with a beard on it and he appeared in the system tray. But it was the scariest thing we've seen in a long time. And it, it totally makes sense, right? Uh, the hacker steals your data, then what? Who does he sell it to? He's got to find a buyer. Well, if he encrypts it, he sells it to you. And, and you know, they're, they're getting targeted attacks. We do a lot of reviews of 
of clients where we see their firewall with lots of open ports and with a login just out to the internet. Hey, hey, hack me. And we, we also recommend that people are very sort of vigilant about what they post on social media, like, hey, I'm going to be out of the country for the next two weeks. No need to, to show that. I'll be in, in uh, Venezuela for two weeks. Um, and then all of a sudden an email comes through the door. Hey, I'm in Venezuela and I need 20 grand. Please wire it to me. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense from a corporate standpoint, for sure. I mean, yeah. anything that can give them advantage. So, yeah, I mean, I think security, and that's one of the issues with an insurance agency, because we have to do more than we've ever had to do before from a technological standpoint. We have oftentimes not as many resources, I mean, because they're, they're, they're spread out against a broad spectrum. And then, you know, like you said, the compliance issue. So to me, compliance means email encryption. It means, you know, how am I dealing with all the regulatory things that I have to do? What do I need to keep in my system? What don't I need to keep in my system? All, are those, are the, as you look at compliance, are there, what are the main factors in your head for that? Well, I mean, exactly what you said, you know, email encryption is super important, uh, you know, but I would also say, get the data out of your office. It's far more secure and compliant, not sitting in a server in a closet in your office. And so there are lots of great services, you know, Office 365, OneDrive has become a much better product. There's Autotest uh, workspaces. We're moving a lot of our clients to Amazon workspaces because, well, I mean, for a lot of reasons, for a lot of security and compliance reasons, but just work from anywhere uh, 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 reasons. And now that's, um, and, and workspaces is literally, I have a computer that is sitting on Amazon's hardware that I just have some kind of laptop or dumb terminal, wherever it is, and I remote into that computer and use it. And if I'm at Starbucks, cool, then I shut my laptop and I go to my house and I open it up and I log in and it just exists up there. Exactly, exactly. So it, it, it's, it's great from a work from anywhere type thing. I mean, I have a 40 person company. We don't have an office. I don't, I don't really, uh, <laughs> at this point of working for so long without an office, I don't even get having an office, but, but ha having, being able to work from anywhere is awesome. As you know, my, my home burned down in a fire and I didn't lose a single bit of data. Uh, and we're a 40 person IT company with no servers. You know, right, we, because we, everything's up, right? Everything's up in the cloud. I didn't lose a single. And so when you look at like the, all the, comp I mean, from, do you think that if I'm on prem with office today and I've got a bunch of uh, compliance issues, if I move to office 365, does that solve, does that give me the tools to solve the vast majority of those? Do I still have to get third-party stuff? Or is, and, it, and is that a trend that you're seeing heavily? Because where I'm at, I mean, I see almost everybody moving to Office 365. Yeah, a, we see the same thing. Everybody moving to Office 365. You can, you can read arguments about whether, 
OneDrive and Office 365 are HIPAA compliant and all this sort of stuff. I cite on that they are, even though they don't say it in their, their documentation, the things that you sign off on, but everything that they do is, is HIPAA compliant. So if you can get your files on OneDrive and get rid of your server, with Azure Active Directory, that's another reason why you can get rid of your server, right? You, you used to need it for domain services. Uh, and you get your email up in the cloud. You've taken care of the majority of your security and compliance issues. You still have laptops floating around that should be encrypted, should be secure because people can lose them, have them stolen, et cetera. Uh, but, but yeah, we're huge fans of Office 365. I recently had a uh, prospective client say, yeah, we decided to go with the local vendor. We're gonna spend $20,000 on a server. And I said, well, you know what? You, you uh, decided on the correct vendor because I would never sell you a server uh, in this day and age for a 20 person insurance agency office. Especially because, I mean, you're spending money on DR anyways. I mean, because if you have a server in place, now you've got to, I mean, I think it's very specific to the agency need and the layout, but I definitely think five years, seven years, it'll be a non-discussion. Just, you know, as you do the costing, there's still like, if you're having to move 30 servers up and there's not a, depending on your risk vector, I mean, everybody's kind of got to look at that themselves to determine if that's the right fit. But I think long-term, that's what IT, I mean, that aspect of IT is going away, which is why I think companies like Archway become more important as we can handle some of that. And as I bring in a less maybe nuts and bolts technical individual, but more of a problem, uh, you know, a business problem solver into IT. And that's what I think that the future is, right? It's these like business people that have some technical acumen or the, 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 the millennials and the younger kids of today who that the technology is so merged with their lives. There's not a differentiation. So I, I agree. We're going to, um, you know, desktop issues and um, server issues are going to become a thing of the past. And, 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 and so we as a company, we, everybody as individuals, are gonna to have to, as you said, move up the stack, you know, of being able to solve business problems with technology and being able to pick and choose from the universe of cloud-based uh, technologies and knowing which ones work and which ones don't work for, for a, say, a best practices agency. Yeah, that's the money right there. I mean, I think that, you know, as I look out yeah, the future is the person that knows the business problem effectively and then knows the, the, all the solutions that are out there or at least have an awareness of possibilities so they can go look at the solutions and the marriage of those two things together and helping put those in place in an organization. That's so a lot like a, it sounds like a lot like an independent insurance agency, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, I mean you've got a problem and you've got a million different companies that can write the risk, who's the best company for that risk, right? And so, you know, when we set up this company, we set it up like an independent insurance agency. So we don't sell products and things like that. Um, I would be aware of, of I would be aware of IT companies that sell products because they're going to sell you more of them and that make you sign long-term agreements. Uh, those only benefit 
uh, the IT company. Yeah, especially uh, especially today, as as the evolution of technology changes so fast. And I mean, sure. so I yeah. think the takeaways today, Brad, I appreciate you being on the podcast with me. Are if I'm if I'm evaluating uh, Office three sixty five, I should just I, I feel confident and comfortable that I I'm moving to that is kind of a best practices thing. Tons of agencies are doing that. I feel good there. Yeah. Another key thing is security today and compliance are just conversations that have to be kind of from the top down. I mean, it's got to be ingrained in your organization. You know, watch what you click. It, talk to your agencies about that. Talk to your employees about that. Bring in security folks to have those conversations. You know, it sucks having to call somebody on the carpet once you've been down for three days or you've had to pay money for ransomware or something. That's a great ed educational moment for the agency. <laughs> But there are there are ways to, to proactively reduce that risk, and that's typically going to be conversation more than technology. I actually feel like technology is the thing that keeps me out of legal trouble, right? Like, yes, I did know before. Yes, I did Zix. Yes, I did this thing. So when they come back at the IT person, they say, well, why, you know, what have you done to try to prevent this? These are the things I did to try to prevent this. Don't send me to jail, please. <laughs> you know? Right, right. It's like it's like if you choose Microsoft or Amazon, right, versus uh, Joe Blow's uh, right environment. Uh, well, Joe Blow's hosted environment might be might be great, but if they get hacked, you're you as the IT person did not look good for making that choice. Yeah, no, I, I, I like to choose technology. I'm not a cutting edge cat by any means. I mean, I, on my own, I play with a lot of cutting edge stuff, but I always like to be a close follower, you know? So yeah. when I do get called on the carpet and say, Ryan, why did you pick that? Because uh, six other people did and <laughs> I, I felt good about it. So Brad, thank you so much. Listeners, I, I, I hope you take something away from this. I hope that you can go back, you know, if you're an employee of an agency and they haven't talked about security or they talked about it six months ago, I'd push them. I'd push them to say, hey, we need to have these conversations more. It protects you as the employee to have more of an awareness. We know it gets busy in the trenches and you just are trying to get work done. Nobody means to do this stuff, you know, but I think it's having an overall awareness. And so if your agency is not doing that, then you should, you should talk to them about it. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you guys are not a part of our Digital Broker podcast group on LinkedIn, please join. Big thanks to Indio, and you guys have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and EMO-free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one -on -one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.